0: This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drinking With Authors, the podcast. I'm your host, Erica Lance. Today, co-hosting with me is C.R. Rice, and our amazing guest today is J.B. Gardner. Woo! okay let's talk about what we're drinking first so people can drink along and if anybody has words for me on the show i'm just saying i've become slightly addicted to this recently so it's my little thing it's angry orchard hard fruit cider mango peach it is really amazing and i've drunk way too many of those today okay (laughs) what are what are you drinking so Uh, i
1: switched it up i'm doing gatorade and vodka because I need electrolytes to stay hydrated.
0: While well, you're drinking vodka. I like that. I like I, that. That's adulting. That's adulting. JB, what are you drinking?
2: Uh, I'm on the cider kick as well. We've got, uh, we've got some Cider Boys Peach Country. These Cider Boys is amazing stuff. They've got all sorts of different flavors, but really good I, stuff. I, I would definitely suggest picking some up.
0: I agree. I agree. I have my cider choices, that's one of them. This one I like because I was a fan of Angry Orchard, but I used to cut it with whiskey all the time because it was a little too sweet. I know. It's okay. Life hacks. Life hacks here on Drinking With Lockery.
2: <laughs> that, that, that is amused <laughs> laughter, not judgmental laughter. Don't worry. That's the kind of thing I do.
0: Most specifically, Honey Jack. But um, Then I found this, and it actually doesn't have to be cut. It's more like the Cider Boys where it's not quite that intense sweetness that you know ends up like well you can drink four of them and then you need Gatorade so that happens okay Gave that's me why you go- mix
1: the liquor with the Gatorade and you don't have to do that
0: I think that is actually okay. one of the most brilliant things I've heard today I'm just gonna say because I've never <laughs> met vodka with Gatorade but now that I'm thinking about it I'm like maybe I'm. it's
1: amazing it.
0: <laughs> I believe you, 1,000%. Okay, JB, for those out there that maybe don't know who you are as an author, can you talk a little bit about what you write?
2: Sure, sure, and that's probably most everyone, so it's best to get this out of the way now. Um well, uh,
0: not doing self-deprecation on the show. I right, just, that I, was I, so can,
2: mean. Can, I do, it for, can I do it for comedy? I mean... We're uh,
1: always down with the comedy. Mm,
2: yeah. Yeah. So, um... I write all sorts of stuff in a very eclectic range. It's uh, all genre fiction, science fiction, fantasy. Um, Generally, I I guess I can't even say that. Um, But I've written over a dozen novels, um, ranging anywhere from like, yeah, except I run the gamut, uh, wherever um, wherever my particular whimsy strikes me at the moment is where I generally go to. Um, I've written superhero fiction, I've written, um, high fantasy, I've written middle grade fiction, um, I've written a pro wrestling drama, I mean, I've written pretty, I've written a ton of stuff. Uh, so I I don't like to be in a box, I guess.
0: I, I, no, there has, apparently you don't even like to be in a room that has a box in it, which is totally fine. Um, where, where did you start?
2: okay well uh so um, because
0: all the way back to the beginning my friend
2: yes let's take it let's take it from the top um so i've always wanted to write but obviously when you're in when you know you're you're in school and college that you know no that's that's so that's a way to become a poor person uh so i spent uh my early years uh my early work years doing like Manual labor, construction work, factory work, all that sort of thing. Um, always you no know, wrote for fun, but never thought it would really amount to much of anything until, oh, God, uh, 2014, 2013, 2012, right around there, when, um, when the construction bubble burst. When the oh. housing bubble burst, the construction bubble burst. I was working at the time for a crane company, uh, you know, the, the big construction crane, big tower cranes. Fantastic company. I will never not laud their praises because even when the bubble burst, they tenaciously tried to keep everyone working and paid for, but eventually it's like, they eventually had to do layoffs. I got laid off. And like, and because every, because that's what I've been doing for so long, like there was no, there was no jobs. So after searching for work for, a while, I'm like, I always wanted to try to write. Um, Self-publishing was coming, really coming into its own at that point, um with you know Smashwords Kate, and Amazon KDP and all that. I'm like, while well, I'm looking for a job now, the application's out. Why don't I try writing a book? So, because I'm an overachiever, I wrote two books at the same time and published them both within like I think a couple of weeks. We sure other I'd have to go back and look at the dates. And, um, I have bumbled and stumbled and, and drunkenly rolled my way through the self public, the, um, indie publishing world since then.
0: Wow. That's very, very cool. So the first one came out in 2012.
2: Hold on. You know, I might be able to tell you, I should actually look, I can literally just pull up my dashboard. Are you
0: Googling yourself? Is that what we're doing?
2: No, I'm checking uh, my uh, the the Kate my Amazon dashboard because it has like
0: everything. oh yes,
2: so it'll literally tell me. Wait, I have to go all the way in the Wayback Machine. Boop, boom. oh, jeez, so many pages, so many pages. Um, so many pages? Really? I'd okay. Actually... That was way. That's I've been doing this way less time than I thought I was. Um. <gasps> uh wow geez how time flies 2018 was apparently when i published my first book
0: oh wow okay i
2: started writing in 2016 it would be it would have to be because it took about two years of bumbling and fumbling before i got the first book out
0: well that you know that's always a journey so um you put the book out and you're like you know i'm gonna try to do this i'm gonna do this (laughs) thing um
2: i was so bad at it to start with not the writing part though so I'd argue probably that too, but everything else about the business knew nothing stumbled through it all. It's hilarious. So what was
0: the first book you put out?
2: Uh, my first book, uh, my first book I put out was Indomitable, which is the first book of the push Chronicles. It's a superhero <laughs> slash alternate reality. Sorry. Um, it's uh, still available. Like I finished the series um, word, firepress. Picked it up uh, after I had been self-published for a bit. Um, I'm probably going to put it back out again under my cell phone when my contract expires. But um, but yeah, that was my first book. And then followed immediately after, like within like a couple of weeks by uh, The Opening Bell, which is the first book in Three Seconds to Legend, which is, is a pro wrestling family drama action adventure series. Uh, That's also finished. I'm doing a webcomic adaptation of it now. Um, Then I just sort of kept going on. Once I finished those six books, because the three book series, then I just started kind of messing around with stuff. Um,
0: What are you working on now?
2: (laughs) What I'm working on now is the sequel to my latest book series I started which is uh, Godshard Odyssey, which is a series that is part of a shared universe that another local author, Elmandine Todd, uh, started the Godshard Shared Universe stuff. He, uh, he's writing one series and some supplementary material. I'm writing another series that are, kind of, that are occurring concurrently uh, in time. Uh, he's also working on like a prequel video game. I think going to be hitting Kickstarter sometime soon. They've done a lot of the asset work um a matter of fact we're looking for more matter of fact, he's looking for more authors i guess we i mean we're kind of partners in it is looking for more authors to write in the world wants to do a we're working on a short story anthology trying to recruit people for that so yeah first book came out right around right just before pensacon this year so i guess april and i'm working on book two now
0: wow and what is the theory of the world Okay. So, to listen to this show. Let's talk about it a little bit because maybe some will contact you.
2: That's actually a great idea. So, Godshard is epic fantasy. Um, the main conceit of the world, outside of a lot of the usual fantasy stuff, is that in uh, uh, in the in a I have to check the exact. I'm going to check a timeline, so I'm not going to. But I'm not going to worry about that right now. Because several thousand years before the current date. Um, a great celestial war happened and all the gods on this world, world of Alban, either died or fled. So it's a world of no gods, but everyone remembers the gods. And the gods that did die, uh, their essence was left behind, or these crystallized essence called god shards, hence the title of the series. Um the big, I guess you could say meta plot that is happening in over the, over the course of these several series concurrently is that there is, there is a, there is a figure, uh, who is called a dark Lord, uh, that is trying to, uh, collect these God shards for some, most people assume nefarious purpose. Um, and the main series, the, the series that Elman's writing, uh, Godshard Chronicles uh, is very much focused on the conflict <laughs> with Dark Lord Malice and like the Mannonites, which is a, you know, yours, you know, your peacekeeping group of noble warriors that use magic and cool stuff like that. Um, while my series Odyssey is sort of, that's all taking place in the central area of light like, in these central kingdoms that are much more traditional, like Western fantasy. Uh, while Odyssey takes place far uh, a fair bit away from that and is more sword and sandals barbarian, um, I I modeled a lot of the cultures and stuff off of, like, step nomads and the like. So it is civilization meeting supposedly uncivilized people. Um, very Red Sonia Conan-esque.
0: Very cool. So... What does one do if one wants to write in this world? Because this reminds me a little bit of what um, uh, George R. R. Martin and Snodgrass put together with their ring series. It's similar kind of what you're saying with multiple authors. That's what I mean by the similarity, not the storyline. I'm just yeah. saying, yeah, they got a bunch of authors to write in on this series that they were doing.
2: Yeah. You've got that. You've got like wild cards. Mer- I always mispronounce it. Merivirginian Mer- or Mer- Virginia nights. Um, There's, yeah, the whole shared world things, Um, but two, if you were interested in getting in on it, if you're an author, um, contact me or, contact me or Elman, or I believe there's a link on the Godshard website about this, hold on, let me make sure before I talk out of my side of my mouth, yeah, the best way to go would be to, yep, Uh, Go to Godshard.com. There is a contact link that includes also, like, it's not only for people asking about the books, but authors looking to write some series, other inquisitor stuff. Uh, But yeah, that would be the best way. That would get you directly in contact with Elman uh, so he can, like, look through it. Um, I'm sort of also kind of like helping with, like, sort of the not quite, but like as a acquisitions editor. So you could also contact me directly. I think my email might be with, and contact info will be at the podcast.
0: It will be. I, I you can absolutely south. reach out to you. So this is exciting. Um, how far reaching are you guys trying to make this go?
2: Well, uh, we are dreaming big. Um, like I said, uh, currently there's a video game in development uh full on JRPG style, you know, eight, you know, throw eight bit, sixteen bit throwback. Um uh merch uh at Pensacon. Um, I know you guys are checking out like all the authors like the um the statues
0: people that's what we do.
2: Yeah so you guys probably saw the Althea statues um he basically you know had a modeler like do it's the female lead from the Chronicle series. Um, I actually have one I need to actually put together. I actually need to put it together and put it with my like Chotsky sand. but uh, they're talking like full merch uh, t-shirt, you know, the whole line. Basically, he wants to try to take it as far as we can take it, and I'm like, I'm game for that.
0: That's super exciting. That's super exciting. So how many books are out in this series now?
2: Currently, between the two of us, there's three books. Um, there is uh there's cursed night which is the first book in chronicles uh there is dark pariah which is sort of a prequel side tale to um series and goddess Here, which is odyssey book one blood night which is chronicles book two should be out early next year as well as right after that um uh, Odyssey Book Two, which I am still waffling on a title for, but got some ideas. Um I'm bad with titles. And so it's almost always the last thing to go, unless it's a pun. Puns I seem to immediately come up with. Um
0: well you and uh you know the Zanth series you would have been fantastic you know
2: well uh, I mean I do have I do have an urban fantasy comedy series that was partly inspired by Xanth and um the myth adventure stuff robert aspirin and now jody lynn nye are doing uh and it's all the titles are puns of course
0: Oh, well, that is ironic because uh yesterday i was with jody lynn nye
2: jody, jody's amazing i, I mean, love I'm-
0: jody jody is jody's a huge fan of <laughs> <laughs> she had so much fun i got an email from her husband at the time and it was, my wife said I had to be on your show if you'll take me <laughs> <to bed. laughs> And yeah, that was so much fun. Okay, so back to your writing career. So authors interested, shameless plug, please reach out, gods...
2: Godshard.com. Godshard.com.
0: Godshard. 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 Listen, I, I, I drink and I know things. I Not all the names, it's fine. Thank you, CR, for jumping in there. So <laughs> let's go back. So you when you were younger you wanted to be a writer and they said Mm -hmm. you can't make money doing anything artistic that's what most people say these days so i'm gonna throw writing in that Mm -hmm. bag and then did you write at all when you were younger or were you a gamer like where did where Uh, did your
2: oh okay you were
0: a gamer okay
2: gamer I, i i came i i literally an hour and 20 and literally at five o'clock i finished up a game session before with some friends before this call so yeah um and let me be clear like my parents never like looked down on the dream it was more general societal stuff um i wanted actually i actually i thought i wanted to be a teacher originally and that was i'm so glad i didn't do that i had do not I do not have that kind of temperament, you not know, that kind of patience. I greatly respect anyone that's a teacher because, oh, I respect parents greatly as well.
0: Yeah, both um, things are so true. So did you write, though, when you were, you know, I, I, I was a gamer back when you had to color in the dice, so I feel you on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, did you uh, write back then?
2: absolutely i mean i wrote all sorts of little stories and side stuff and i think i wrote like a 30 page when i would be the i'd be the kid that like we're going to do a creative writing assignment in english and it's got to be two pages and i turn in a 30 page one so i guess it was kind of the writing was on the wall from an early age just you know didn't accept it yeah yeah, you so, kept
1: any of the stuff that you used to do in your creative writing class and tried to turn it into something more?
2: Oh, I wish I did. I wish I did. But no, I, not really. To be honest, I, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if I did have any of those things and I could pull them out and I could pull them out now. I, there probably are things. There are probably nuggets and kernels of stories of ideas that have permutated, you know, permutated, I think that's a word. If it's not a word, You're just, I've been it's drinking fine. alcohol. It is sometimes. now.
0: Yeah. It can be a word or it can be just sounds. We're okay with sounds.
2: Yeah. Uh, but, you know, permutations thereof, prob- I could probably find, you could probably find the strands of DNA from those early writings until now. Because, I mean it's just refinement isn't it you know you, you have ideas yeah. and you want to you always want to get those ideas on paper when you're young as you get older you get the ability more and more to to produce those ideas and make them coherent and good and strong as opposed to you know
1: flat little kid work
2: Flat little kid work yeah <laughs> i like
0: that i have to say though i think all of us that have written from when we were younger and continued to write it's a muscle you have to grow your muscle so you're going to write ridiculously bad shit you just have to hope that it continues to get better some people it does not but most people it does get better because you know it's one it was interesting one time I was talking to somebody about doing 5k's this was a while ago Um, and I wanted to get into running 5k's and I was like okay how do I build up my stamina and it was It sounds really dumb now that I'm saying it out loud like this, but the guy was like, just run, run and stop when you're tired and then run and stop when you're tired and run. And it's, it was like, it sounded so ridiculous. And I was like, oh, there's gotta be more. There's obviously things and gizmos and energy drinks. I don't know. There's all this stuff that can go with. No, it's just run, just run and you'll get better and you'll get faster and you'll be able to breathe better and be less hard on your body. Like just, Run just right, you get better at it because, um, you know, I think it's also interesting when you go back to look at the stuff that you when you first published it, do you see <laughs> a radical difference from now, <laughs> not just skill wise, but the immediate laughter, you <laughs> wise, you know, like how you look at life and how you look at writing now?
2: Yes, certainly, and I'm gonna be honest. I mean, obviously, your skills are fine. It's been, you know, this is three or four years. This is like four, we're getting on to four years later, five years later of writing and, you know, dozens of books. And I won't talk about the hundreds of books I've edited. Um, Yeah, there's definitely improvement and there are some shifts. But at the same time, there is, you know, there's a core something, you know, there's a through line that like you go, this all came from as varied and wild as sometimes the concepts go. There's, there's, you know, a there's a there's a mo- there is one mind that's kind of been through it, and you know, I honestly like. In fact, you know, in fact, the other day I was like looking at some of my old stuff because doing a web comic adaptation, I I work from the original novel, but then adapt and change anything that needs to be changed because different mediums. Um. And I'm sometimes surprised at how much of my initial stuff still holds up. You know, it's, you know, I see the, I see where I have improved at the same time. Like, I'm like, you know, that wasn't that bad. You know, there's a reason why people still like this. You know? I,
0: I, you know, I think it's key as a writer that you don't bash your previous work. Like you, you shouldn't bash your previous work. You get better. I find more that. Um, we grow we have life experiences that change us right mm-hmm. and so I' I'm very happy that I don't have um, like I'm I'm overdue on two manuscripts right now but they're recent manuscripts and they're not something that I've been trying to write for like five years because you'll never get that out the door if you let so much life happen in between your story because you change mm-hmm. and you view change some things and it's not the writing skill set, it's like the story and how that story starts morphing in your brain, I think.
2: Yeah, you can you can some you can sometimes come out to where you want you had this conception. And then if you let it linger too long, you get to the end of the like, I don't think that's how it should be anymore. I don't feel I don't resonate with this concept or this conclusion. And so you either have to change it to fit your new what you're in or try to force it and forcing it doesn't work i mean it could you you will finish you may finish the novel and other people might tell you that it's fine but anyone who like knows it'll probably just come out because you can tell when a writer's not got their heart in something when you're reading it like i said i've read i have read hundreds of books for my editing work and you can tell when a writer's not uh, we like to call it, you know, writer concept alignment, like when the writer is no longer jiving with the concept they have. And you can feel the divide where, like, tech- on the technical level, this writing is still here, but the passion and the, the creative energy is, like, here. And then that's when you just need to go, okay, we need to, we need to, uh, as an editor, I need to sit down with this, write- this author and go, we need to Something has gone wrong. And it's not that you're doing a bad job. It's you're not you're not a bad writer, but you have something has happened to break you from this con break you from your concept. And we need to figure out how to get you know get this back together, or you need to do something else because this will come out in the wash and people your readers will be will be upset.
0: Wow, we got really deep there right before the commercial break, so we're gonna we're gonna step away, refill our drinks, and we'll be right back with drinking with authors. This is the voice of drinking with authors. You are at our commercial break and our commercial is Hey, do you wanna be a guest on our show? Or do you have a question for one of the guests on our show? Or do you have a brilliant drink recipe that we've never heard of? That would have to stump us. But you could reach us at drinkingwithauthors@gmail.com, at gmail.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can direct message or even just leave a comment on one of our posts. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Hey. Okay, so we're talking about concepts. It's actually interesting you say that because I think that can hold true with series writers. I sometimes wonder if writers get so trapped in a series that they're writing and that's what the fans want that they go down this whole path and you're like what the hell is even happening anymore. You know?
2: So, I can Okay. Insight time. Oh. Because I love of... <laughs> I love lot... again, uh... I did a lot of books. I have some, a lot of experience with series writers, too. Okay, so I will not be using actual names because I have contracts and NDAs and stuff, but I can talk in broad terms. Um, so, I mean, we all know that ghostwriting's a thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's plenty of big name brands out there that have multiple writers in a series, all the same name. So I'm talking, I'm talking as an editor that's been involved in some of these projects. You'll often have that where, like, someone has written like seven books in this twenty book series. Well, I mean, indefinite. We're talking like pulps, like the old days, where like, you know, the 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 publishers are like we're gonna we're gonna print these books until people stop buying them. Um, and you'll get like you know a writer that started a series gets around book seven, and you can tell like they're going, and it's not even necessarily. I mean, it can be like they're going down a they're going down a rabbit hole or they're just burnt out they're disconnecting and yeah sometimes it's like literally it's like they get another the series gets passed to another writer it has that's more aligned with it and uh it, it's a sad thing because you don't want to like you don't want to be the writer who goes to like the publishers like yeah, i don't know i think they're, they're really not in it and we need and we need to talk to them and like go hey are you happy doing this because fortunately some of the the primary publishing company i work for which again i cannot say because of non-disclosure agreements uh we do they're very big about happy writer happy authors and aligning and making sure the writers are writing what they want so i mean it's always like we got to you know they're not burnt out but just burnt out the series it's like we gotta we can't the bo- the financial bottom line says we can't stop writing this series must continue um but then you have to like the difficult business there's a difficult where business and creativity like butt heads really hard and you have to like we need to you know you need to like find them a place find them a talk to them about a concept that they will Respark the creative fire, uh, but we will still still sell books. I'm not a marketing guy, but I have to deal with marketing marketing a lot. And then, uh, and then you've got to find you have to find that writer that can continue that you know aligns with this series that can keep writing in the vein of the person that created it. It's really hard. <laughs> it's not easy. But
0: yeah, I can I can say with. Truthtful honesty, and it's because it's my show. I am not a fan of ghostwriters. I think, I think doing I'm that. I'm not either. I'm that's cheating.
1: That's that it is. cheating. Congrats. You can't do that. Like ghostwriting is one of those things where, like, it's great to like you know if you want to help bounce ideas off, if you want to have somebody like kind of help you work through something cool. But like ghostwriting, that's cheating. You so, can't do it.
2: So I'm gonna have to be the heel here and take the heel heat for this. But okay, so. It depends. We're going to have a big if here. I do not like people who hire ghostwriters to write under their personal name. Right. Because I think that is lying. Right. However, if you're, however, there is a whole line of ghostwriting that is in the vein of like your Nancy Drews and your Hardy Boys, where everyone knows this, is, this isn't a real person, this is a brand name right to write this and then then it's like everyone knows so it's not and you know that's the thing that i feel is
1: but that's different you know what i mean like you're creating a persona that's different than being like i'm
2: whoever and right no i agree which is why it's like a differentiation i think that's important because so i'm going to be honest like making (laughs) your living as a writer is very very hard and the few companies and the few publishers out there that try to approach ghostwriting in that honest way and to give writers jobs that they might not otherwise get is like, I mean, like, again, when I first was, got involved with actual publishing companies as the editor, that was a hard line for me to figure out the ghostwriting thing. I was very like, this is just like, it's just like wrong, but then you know, having given also been the opposite, seeing the seeing some of these companies, the, the very upfront and honest ones that have given a lot of struggling writers who had never get a chance to make a living as a writer, get their start in the business and actually be able to like you know put a roof over their heads and and feed their kids. And until they are strong enough to be able to go out on their own and start their own writing careers, it's, it's made me have to like, it's that whole like principle versus pragmatism thing of this company's do, you know, these, some of these companies, some of these publishers do a lot of good, but there is still that like principle of like, that you don't want to, it feels wrong, but it's also doing people a lot of good. So you're like, uh, it's 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 difficult. It's just it's always it's always a thing you have to question yourself about. You know,
0: it's true. And somehow we went dark totally again. Okay, they did. I back was just thinking like that is twice. <laughs> That's
2: twice.
0: Uh, We're gonna come back. We're gonna come back here. So um,
2: yeah. Let's you, get You're doing
0: a bunch of editing. I have a, I have a lot of editorial friends and it's really interesting, especially those that are writers. Some are not, some are just editors, but the ones that are also writers, how do you find that when you, when you really started getting into that, I have the straight hair, sorry. Um, where did you find that? I'm like, it's shiny. Um, where did you find that balance for yourself? Because as a writer, uh, and, and an editor, I don't know. So that's the question. How did you find that balance on being able to write and being able to edit? Because my editor friends that are writers, too, um, obviously need editors as well. Not that yes. they're fairly clean, but they do weird shit, too, that their editors are like, stop having everybody shrug. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> How many nods can there be in a page?
0: Yeah, there are words that you should just do control F. Every mm-hmm. every author should have a list of words that are control F that they go look through when they think they're done with their manuscript. Nod and shrug or two of them.
2: Yes, uh, absolutely. Um,
1: but if you think about it, those are things that you do all the time, anyways. Like how many times during this conversation have you just like nodded your head, he can't, shrug, he can't like nod
0: and shrug for one? T- when one author did that control F. It was a pretty large book. It was like a hundred thousand word manuscript. But it showed up 147 times. That's, sure. that's, 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 cool. not, that's an excessive amount of nodding happening.
2: Uh, uh, do you, have you much know much I've nodded in this video? Sure, <laughs> now you're but you just keep doing it. See, see, <laughs> I am. But, but the editor in me would say there is a better way to express that. Like, like if you were like, if someone is just nodding through a whole thing, you would do it like one, like as a start of a dialogue, and you'd be like, they started nodding and, and, and you know they started nodding and then maybe like a paragraph down, you know, like at by the at the end of their little their first bit of dog, they might say, and they just kept nodding. And then you assume the default is now they are nodding. So you don't need to like every go, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And then even <laughs> then, and even then, uh sometimes
0: oh, your sound cut out. You're talking and we can't hear you. What happened? <laughs> the illuminati is in the microphone right? what happened that was weird it just <laughs> got weird that was
1: a little bit weird
0: i'm not gonna lie i was watching this this documentary on netflix about the devil among us or the devil you know or something and one of them's about reptilian this woman who kept pro, pro, whatever i'm um, saying that we were invaded by aliens already and people were taken over into lizard people and they could automatically change it's really bad. I was watching that right before I did this podcast.
1: <laughs> I was watching The Mummy.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Are Wait. you back, Jamie? Are you back? Oh, no, That's you're really not right. back yet. Huh? Hold on. We're, we're having some technical difficulties. It's okay. It's a podcast. It's on the web. We have technical difficulties. It's awesome. You're watching, which mummy, though? The Brendan Fraser mummy or the... Probably- of course,
1: the Brendan Fraser mummy. Oh,
0: the other okay. ones aren't even
1: Wait. a thing. Oh, are you back?
2: Uh let me. Can You're you back. See? You are back. Don't touch anything. So I know what it is. It's because, oh jeez, uh, yeah, it's because the again new webcam. The webcam's got a mic, and I've got a mic, and it's. I think it freaked out on which mic to use. So okay, I am. You, you hear me? I'm good.
0: Yeah. No, we can hear you now. We're back from our. What were we doing before we started recording the podcast conversation during the brief technical intermission? <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. He, well, what was I even asking? We were Why
2: talking was, we're talking about editing.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, no. You as a writer, um, what what are your little quirks that you have?
2: Uh your editors um,
0: themselves go, hey, fun story.
2: Uh, so almost universally, so I overwrite. I write over long. Uh so I get my editors generally trim a lot of little things. Uh almost universally. <laughs> Um, I've literally written like five or six books where the editor went, just cut the first, cut the entire first chapter. Oh, wow. Because like, I will get sometimes in like, oh, I've got to, you know, especially when you, you know fantasy, science fiction, all that requires exposition. You're introducing people to this strange new world. And early on, especially I was bad about like, oh man, they're not going to understand this unless I, ex- unless I get these seven concepts like ASAP. And Then that's, of course, really bad <laughs> to do that. That's just super info dumpy. Um, it'd often be like, okay, you don't need any of this exposition, cut it all. Here's where the action starts here, and then just work some of that in in like these like five other chapters over time. I've gotten better about that, but obviously, because but um, it's still a problem sometimes. Like, I just they need to know, and the editor is <laughs> like no they don't need to know <laughs> and it's worse is that like i do the same thing like when i'm editing someone else is doing that same thing i will say almost the exact same things like cut got the first chapter explain it through the book but i still sometimes do it myself so that's my biggest my biggest flaws and to be i overwrite i just kind of keep going when i should stop and uh really bad first chapters Um,
0: what about dialogue how do you feel about your
2: dialogue apparently like my dialogue so i'm gonna have to go with that um uh yeah i i feel like i do good dialogue people tell me i do good good dialogue that rarely gets changed uh the only time i've had significant dialogue edits in recent past is just actually ironically with goddess here because so i just assumed like okay well this is going to be like we want this to be all ages, I figured. So I'm like, I was very careful to be like, we're not gonna use swears. We're gonna kinda even though like you know, the main character, she's a, you know, a a angry, like angry, earthy, you know, wandering barbarian type. We're gonna be we're gonna be clean with the language and all that, and like Elman's like because he read it first. He was my He's not, like, my official editor, um, but he also read through everything. He's like, dialogue's fine, but, like, you know, you could, I mean, shouldn't, like, you know, be using some, like, stronger language here? I'm like, but we weren't like, no, 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 no. I mean, don't go, like, don't drop multiple F, don't, like, you know, don't use fuck every other sentence, but no, I mean, you can, like, use all sorts of, like, oh, I can. <laughs> I was gonna you know, say, like,
0: how the hell do you write a barbarian that's, like, pardon me i was dissuaded by that part of our interaction
1: excuse me sir i am very disagreeable right now
2: no 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 i mean not i obviously didn't go like full scholar like bs language (laughs) but like you know just like don't use like shit and fuck and damn and and all that sort of thing so i was like you know know, not like so it was more like oh so i can use like verses and like well here we go let's let's revamp all this dialogue (laughs) Um but uh so yeah. uh, I just thought, you know, this was gonna be all ages, and it's all ages you gotta like, you know, you get your PG thirteen, you know, like you know, you can use your shits and shit like and shit like that, but you know, you get your one maybe one F bomb and but no, no. The prize F bomb amongst the other I
0: never get
2: to use the F bomb.
0: You wanted to write young adult. That's what happens when you write young adult. You don't get to um, write like young, young
1: adults don't drop the F bomb. Yes. Yeah, so but I get what you're saying.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the thing. Um honestly though, young adult and new adult are really weird genres to me anymore. Like with all the rise of like all oh, your Twilight and all that stuff. Uh, I I will refrain from disparaging <laughs> authors where and where I can. Um but like it's so changed like i don't i feel like you can get away with so much more in young adult now than you previously could it is what?
1: insane I some think- of the things yeah. you read in young adult i'm like dude i i wouldn't even
0: like i don't feel like i'm mature enough to read this how are you throwing this in young adult i, am I too think it more comes down to how when you i don't want to say when you go mainstream but when you well mainstream young adult is very different because publishers have there are little rules and there are little boxes they think everybody mm. should follow. I yeah. say that as, as a publisher, but I don't have those rules or boxes, but I do know that, you know, there are, there are definite things that you can do. And then there are absolutely like hard nose when it comes to young adults, like there, you can indicate that this, this thing happened, but you shouldn't actually be saying what happened and where you get backlash is actually parents. That's where not the, the backlash comes from, is the parents freaking out about what you're saying
2: and stuff like that. Without thinking that, yeah, you know, little Timmy was already, like, cursing up a storm in the back room. I did not help him do that.
0: Well, it, you <laughs> know, it's, it's interesting, is because you have, like, um, I grew up on the Xantha novels, and I was there when Spellfire was released, which is a Dungeons & Dragons novel for anybody who doesn't know. It was the first Ed Greenwood um, Forgotten Realms book, but like reading those they didn't have that stuff but i read harlequin romance books and stuff that my grandmother had like all that kind of stuff kids do read it i think it's more again uh protection for a company and this parental thing now it's the the borders are very very blurry but if you're gonna say blurry super blurry but if you're going to say it's a young adult book it's a young adult book let's talk about where you write and what your writing environment is like because uh, covid happened so that changed a lot of things for a lot of us because we're all okay. locked inside buildings now and, well kind of we're in florida so not as much just because but um what is your writing environment like where do you where do you write the best
2: i you know what i have i literally my Bedroom is also my office. I literally roll out of bed uh, and just go right to work. I mean, I don't... Uh, I never got... I never wrote much out and around, even before COVID. So, look, like, like, not really... That was not a disruption. Uh, I will say COVID hurt my production, I would say, a good bit. But I think that's that's more the mental and emotional stuff as opposed to a physical environment change.
0: No, um, I think that's true for a lot of writers. I mean, I, I talk about this regularly on the show. Some people, it was fantastic. I talked to an author the other day, and she wrote five books last year.
2: That's that's it's more like it's more like my usual year, not like
0: yeah. Not and like this year, was like, it was so productive. And then I've talked to people that are like, I got nothing
2: done. You know,
0: um, I think there's definitely a balance. You listen to music when you're writing?
2: Oh, always. I mean, like I feel like you can't. I know some people. You know, obviously, not everyone listens to music, but I have. like. I really have to. I need. That. What kind of music? It'll generally actually change a lot based on what I'm writing. It's something that's always like. Uh, I have to avoid things with lyrics because lyrics will start to like. I will. I will honestly sometimes get too caught up singing along with something if it's really catching, and I'm not writing and my language center can't divide its attention that much, but um generally instrumental stuff that like matches the genre or feel that i'm going for you know like uh, techno
1: or classical
2: depends on the thing there are like if it's like more dramatic like emotional scenes uh you know some good classical or like um... and if it's like you know hard hitting action scenes like you know instrumental like metal or or techno or soundtracks actually are really amazing you well, soundtrack... ever go find those
0: playlists on, like, action movie playlist, and you just, or, you know, high adventure playlist, eight hours on YouTube, and just let it go?
2: I have never, I haven't done that yet, because I just feel like what one person's feeling of what is high adventure is not always what everyone's feeling of high adventure is.
0: No, it's um, true, but I'll tell you, you'll find some lists on there that'll just go, depending on how long you're able to sit and write for, for hours and hours and hours in the background.
2: I I should look into those like I have also sometimes like if there's like a song I really like especially if it's like an instrumental especially if it's like an instrumental I find often find this with um, uh, music from like certain you know TV shows and anime and movies you get like the 10 hour of this one song on repeat I find some of those actually really work for me Um, like of this
1: single or of like the whole series
2: just of little one song. Um, okay, when was the
0: last song you did this with? Yeah, I gotta
2: uh, know. I would say, let me make sure it's the right one. Uh, Jet Say Run or You Say Run from My Hero Academia. I think it's Jet Set Run. I mean, listen to the opening. Uh, yes, You Say Run. It is a instrumental track from My Hero Academia and it's just
1: Oh
2: I hate it's super catchy. I'm just not a fan of that particular anime. That's fine. I actually haven't watched it <laughs> since like season three. And I know there's been like a ton of other seasons. And um I like the first season was a hard sell, like at the very beginning, I'm like this is like and then it really caught me around like by the end of season one, and then by the end of season three, I was starting to like get off the wagon again. It's one of those like eh, but
1: So what do you do when you get writer's block?
2: Ooh, good question. Uh, Because that's the question. I've had plenty of writers ask me what to do when they have writer's block. Uh, My solution generally is I will stop what I'm doing and then take a break. Generally, I will like purposely go consume some media. I will... Play uh, play an interactive and play a, one of your more interactive video games or RPGs. I will watch an episode from a TV show or something. Something that will try, something that still keeps, like, you know, the creative parts of my brain active because it's something interesting, but is not dwelling on the problem I'm having. That usually, like, free, like, you know, gives a moment for, like, things to congeal and sort of, like, suss out what to do if that doesn't work <laughs> i will actually because sometimes it doesn't you know sometimes it's like oh i just can't, don't know how to solve this problem i will go talk to some of my other friends that do writing even if you yeah. know i'll talk to some of my other creative friends and just go here's the situation and here's what i'm running into and half the time just the process of talking about it or talking through it with someone even if they're not, even if all they're doing is listening and just like, okay, keep going. 90% of the time it works out just through the act of communicating the problem of someone else.
0: Okay. No, I think that is one of the most useful tools. I, I say that all the time to the writers we work with and stuff It's let us be your muses, not your muses that we're going to sit here and solve your whole entire plot line. But tell us the thing and we'll just start spitting out ideas or things and you can use none of what comes out of our mouths but if it frees up whatever in your brain that goes yep i'm back on track i know where to go that's what you should do i think writers don't utilize this enough it's not like you have to keep it secret and safe
2: right they don't um as a matter of fact that's actually something we uh, again we often have to i often tell the writers i'm working with as an editor is like Sometimes you just need to, you either need to talk to me and write, if you have a problem, run it by me or just like, or if like you're like second guessing, something you wrote, stop, send it to me. I will tell you if it's wrong. Cause writers, I know I have this problem. I think by the very nature of being cre- most creatives have this problem is we are our own worst enemies. We are super critical of our own work. We always think, you know, I can make that just a little better. And the point is, there is a limit to that. There really yeah. is. Um, the business pe- the business side of the people I work with often referred to as the 80-20 rule, which is, it is it, it takes a lot of effort to take, if let's say a writer gets like, it's 80% good, 80-90% good, somewhere in that range. There is way more energy and time invested to try to get it that extra like ten percent that ninety percent that eighty to ninety percent of readers won't even notice. I mean they just Yeah, they like said, the little hints
1: you're trying to drop and like those types yeah. of things. I could see that because you know you spend a lot of time thinking that you the people that are reading your book are gonna be like, yep, they remember the red shirt that I made a point to mention, and they're like, Yeah, I have no idea that they were wearing a okay.
2: shirt. And you, you should keep, you know, obviously you want to keep details like that consistent, but like if you spend all your time fretting and rewriting and trying to refine the scene that is already really good. Uh, there's a particular writer I work with that's a real perfectionist and it's, literally it's like just and there's only one time it's like they delivered like the tale, you know, the, the end part of it manuscript. They're like this is horrible. This is just you're going to tell me to rewrite it all and I should have already written it, but I know really near deadlines so just here it is. And is. I'm like this is really good. You did not need to worry about this. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and they do this continuously. And like, again, it's just like frustrating because you're like, just let me read your words.
0: What because about you? Do is- you find yourself doing that?
2: Uh, I do, but because I've seen it so often in others, I, I detect it. I'm like, I just said this to somebody else. Oh. If I get to the point where I'm like, I should rewrite that. I stop myself. And please, someone else take a, take a look at this before I mess it up.
1: Do you have characters that you've written yourself that you can't stand? Like, even as you're writing them, you're like, this fucking guy.
2: Uh, define as in, do I dislike them as a person or dislike them as a writer?
1: No, like just um like I have a character in one of my stories and like every time I have to write something like he's important to the story but I'm just like all oh, this freaking, you know, whatever. And it's just because like I know what's going to happen, so I'm like he's, you know, whatever. Like do you have those moments when you're writing where you're like really don't like you but we're going to keep going with you?
2: Oh yeah, I mean obviously sometimes cuz you know a good antagonist, is some, you know, a really good antagonist is someone you want to hate and i like to write I, i've written some real fuckers that are like exactly i cannot wait until you get your come up <laughs> in a couple of chapters
0: so what but about I... fans let's talk about fans for a minute before we have to wrap you were at pensacon mm-hmm. what is it like interacting with uh, fans now that you're on the other side of the
2: table well, um, to start, when I first started, my first couple of cons, it was nerve-wracking. Um, obviously, because, like, you know, especially the, pro- the, the hardest part about being an author at a convention, at least uh, being, at least, I guess, someone, especially those of us that are just starting out, they're, like, down in the trenches, not, like, your, like, big, you know, your, your A-listers, but, like, you know, your C and D and listers and stuff is you're both salesmen and you have to both be a salesperson, which most authors are really bad at. And just because, you know, I, I many of us creators are very, you know, introverted. Uh, uh, I've seen it kind of go two ways where it's like people are so introverted, they hide behind their wall of books and they they're the, they're the writers. You find that little that booth in like an artist alley where like there's the the books piled up to like about here and they're sitting behind in their desk. It's very uh, they're Sitting in a chair behind their table. I sort of downcast and hope and just not good at this social interaction thing. And then you have the opposite end where you have the ones that are like carnival barking, which is also bad. There's sort of an intermediary level where you are open and approachable without like Kinda like a used car salesman um but that's very difficult it's like not hard it's very hard very nervous making i am people say that i am good with people but i am very introvert as far as like dealing with people for extended periods of times like drains me like no belief like after con i'm like i hide in my room for a week
0: no i think everyone. a lot of people don't realize that when you're doing stuff like that you're on I do public, I do a ton of public speaking and stuff like that. And even after years and years of doing public speaking and not getting nervous in front of crowds, and I don't have that, like, you can put me in front of any large group and be like, talk about this. And I'll be like, okay, cool. But you're on and there's energy exuded when you're on. And if you're talking to people and talking about your books, especially if you already have any other social whatever's even for me, I get exhausted. Like I'll do a two hour event. And to me, I'm like, then I'm done for the whole day. Like, don't, you know, I want to go sit down and play, you know, uh, animal farm and stuff. Like I just, that's what I want to go do because I don't want to interact with another thing. Like I want to have it come the opposite way. It's like watching TV kind of like, I don't want to, Nope. I want to just rest.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh but dealing with fans I mean it's always oh it's it's a treat honestly, because like it's one thing to get like an online review, you know, even a really positive one those those are nice, they feel good, but it doesn't match someone who just literally comes up, and I've slowly started to get this over like my years, where like someone goes. It's him. And then, you know, they, they rush over and you know, their eyes are bright and they've got one of your old books clutched in their hands and they're like, is there a new one? Or what's, what's your latest book? Or I'm so excited. What new do you have this year? And, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a high that's hard to beat, honestly. <laughs> it really is. Um, it makes it... I don't want this to sound... This may come off as egotistical or or self-centered but uh, i don't think it will but it might because i've been drinking alcohol but
0: that's okay and you're doing a lot of preface there's now a lot of pressure on whatever you're about right to right think.
2: it better be
1: super egotistical
2: at this, this point it, it won't be i've i have a bad habit of doing this of prefacing when i don't need to preface um
0: you mean like the first can you cut the first chapter and get to <laughs> part of the story yes
2: <laughs> exactly exactly uh but it is. I don't even remember what I was going to say today. Preface so long, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> uh, there is. Uh, there's a definitely. Awesome. Oh, God, I forgot.
0: Oh. <laughs> wow, <laughs> was, we've been on a long journey and we went to the deep. Closet door. going to be deep.
2: I promise it was deep. Just think of a deep thing. Re- Everyone who's watching. Everybody just close your very eyes, deep, eyes for a moment. Deep, <laughs> deep, think deep and profound. And then that's what I was gonna say. Love it. It was so perfect. Deep.
0: Perfect, it went, perfect. It went
2: above beyond. Okay.
0: Okay. So um, CR, <laughs> I'm gonna let you have the last question before we have to wrap up this episode.
1: Let's see.
0: Make sure it's not deep. We can't go profound. We're already at the closet door, so let's
2: yeah, we. I have right? And we don't want to go
1: too dark, right? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Um, what is the one thing you will be on a roll when you're writing? What is the one thing that could immediately stop you in your tracks and, like, lose the whole thing?
2: Oh, that's, that's simple. A, a ping in my editor's, in my editing inbox. Like, Let's you can writing-
1: hear the ding in your ear from your email, and you're done.
2: Uh it yeah, because I'm like, oh what did somebody do? Cause generally if like you know, uh I generally most of the authors I work with, you know, send me periodic stuff and that's one thing, but not the email inbox, but like the the publishing company chat system, like we use Google use a Google Doc use Google for the back end so it's got G chat and all that stuff when the chat room goes off because that meant that means ninety percent of the time a writer going I have either done something really wrong or something has gone really wrong. uh, JB, please come help me. And And half the time it's not. It really isn't. It's just that is the Pavlovian response of that ding means trouble.
0: Oh, wow. I could see that. That would do it.
2: And I switch from writer to editor. And then it takes a little time to like if it wasn't a major emergency, it takes a it takes some time for, like... There is, unfortunately, no Pavlovian switch that switches the brain back to writer mode.
1: That's true.
0: Okay. So as we wrap up, what advice would you give authors out there?
2: Are we talking... Other than
0: cutting the first chapter so we don't lose the story.
2: <laughs> uh, well, the advice I would... The, the big advice I would give is making it as an author of any stripe is 90 percent persistence uh, because you're gonna face a lot of rejection a lot of people telling you that you're wrong that you're bad that your ideas stink and some of those might be true but most of them are a lot of them a lot of them really are people that don't People have a hard time saying exactly what is wrong when they see something that doesn't click with them. So they're just going to tell you that it's bad. They won't tell you, they won't tell you what it is that put them off. And it may be nothing. It may be just, I don't like pirate novels. I wrote a pirate novel. So that means it's bad. It's horrible. You should stop writing because they don't know how to communicate. So you just have to realize sometimes you just got to keep going. You got to keep trying. Um, only way if you are bad it's the only way to get better and if you're good it's the only way to get people to pay attention to you you can't just give up because there's millions and millions of people writing books right now and there are millions and millions and millions of books just on Amazon that are vying for attention so if you fail you brush yourself off and you write the next one all you can do
0: I like it okay like Will eventually break through. How do people find you?
2: They can find me either um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, of course. The easiest way, if you want to read my books, is just go to Amazon and go show me JB Garner and my author page is there. It has all of my all of my personally written books in it. Um, if you're looking, if someone is. I don't have a lot of freelance editing time anymore as I as I am under several like long-term contracts. But if you present me a really strong case and really interest me, I might might it's like the 18. If you present if, if it's a case that I that really interests me, uh, I might still be for a hire. You can contact me at my email, which is jbgarner58 at gmail.com. Um otherwise, yeah, uh Amazon, Twitter. And Facebook are my main social media. And I think I sent that to you guys. So I think you you did. Good. It
0: will be in the podcast. Oh. So,
2: cool.
0: But for those people that don't actually read the podcast notes and are just listening, oh, I figured I'd, I'd give them the avenue. Oh, oh sure, 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 sure.
2: Um, yeah. So on Twitter, I am. I always. Let me try right. At Twitter, I am at JV Garner underscore rights. Um. I am actually probably more prolific on Twitter than anything else, which is insane because it's a very crazy platform. Uh, on Facebook, come on, Facebook, load. Get my author page.
0: I love that he's looking this up on the computer as we're doing this.
2: Yeah, we I don't, don't have, the- I have to. Do that i have m- to do that too.
0: I have to memorize time. this stuff. You should know it off the top of your head. Well, you uh, know, some
1: of them are like, you know, you have to have like, it, it's taken. So like, you know,
2: yeah, i interesting under entering variations.
1: Right. So like I'm C.R. Rice author, but then like on Instagram or something, it's author C.R. Rice, because apparently there's a C.R. Rice author, which if you look, there's not,
2: but it's fine. They thought there was on Facebook. <laughs> I'm at J.B. Garner writes, no underscore. So it's just one Ooh. word. J.B. Garner writes. Um, and yeah, that's and obviously Amazon, you're just going to look up my name Type it in I am the only J.B. Garner No, I'm actually not I am the only J.B. Garner that is alive uh, Ironically
0: Are you killing I... the rest of them? What is happening? We're trying to no. wrap up show and you're admitting to murder What's going on here? No,
2: the other James B. Garner That wrote was the movie actor Oh No, no uh, Maverick um, Rock Profile Pessler Oh, really... Well, you're really
0: good company then i see yes
2: yes um
0: awesome awesome okay well helps. it has been amazing to have you thank you so much for being on our podcast
2: no 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 thank you thank you so much for inviting me and having me
0: absolutely okay this has been drinking with Authors. so i've been your host erica lance my co-host has been cr rice and our guest has been the amazing jb gardner and we will see you next time